Welcome everyone to the Ave Torah slash Har Lebanon Daf Yomi Shi'ur. Today's Shi'ur will be Daf Nun Tet 59. We'll be starting from Nun Chet Amorbet on the bottom. Welcome, Nisim. Okay, we are starting from the two dots where it says Amar Mor. Okay, Amar Mor is quoting a bright that we said before about bells. When you have bells that are on a person's um, on a person's garment, nitlu in belehen adain tumatan alehem. If you have a bell and you take out the clanger from inside, you know, inside the bell, uh, there's a name for that in English, I forgot what it's called, the striker, whatever they call it, adain yeah. tumatan alehem. The Tuma is still on them. Welcome, Harry. Don't Hello. worry. We're, we're recording. Don't worry. <laughs> Says the Gemara. Lemai Chazu. What are they good for? Which means as follows. We know that when it comes to Tumat Kelim, when it comes to giving Tuma for a Keli, when, when a Keli is whole and useful, it, it could become Tameh and it could transmit Tuma. When a Keli is not whole, is broken, it is tahor, and then, and then, it's not usable, and it's fine. Okay, and it, even if it's in a house of tumah, it will not get tameh. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of think of it that everything in the cemetery gets tameh. It's not true. Some you could have two different things that are on top of a of the tombstone. One needs to go to the mikveh, and the other thing doesn't need to go to mikveh. Over here, anything broken does not need a mikveh. And therefore, and therefore, uh, a, a bell that's missing its, its clangor, the Gemara is asking, how could the, the, we have said that it is still Tameh, even if you take the clangor out? If it doesn't have the clangor, can't make noise, what's it good for? It should be considered broken and then Tower. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Abayah says, since it's easily put back, and even a non-professional, a hediot means a non-professional, is able to return the clangor inside. So therefore, it's considered non-broken. And a non-broken thing is still, could, could still get coming. As long as it could be fixed, you're saying? It could be fixed, but guy. not by a professional. Everything could be fixed by a professional. Right, but enough right by an amateur. Got it. So the Gemara Rava doesn't like that answer. When these two, when the clangor and the bell are together, right, they're considered one keli. That, for example, let's say the clangor would get tameh, the whole bell becomes tameh, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And therefore, and also, if you sprinkled, um, if you sprinkle paraduma water on one, the both of them are tameh, are automatically tahor. They don't have to be soaked. With, with the water, as long as one gets sprinkled, they're all sprinkled. Therefore, you see that they're considered together. Now, if they're together, 
that means they're considered one keli. Therefore, even when you separate them, but if you, I'm sorry, but if you separate them, it should be considered two different things. Meaning, the fact that you see that when you, the fact that you see that they were considered one keli, it's a chibur, it's one thing, that sounds like when you separate them, it should be two different, it should be, it's not a, not a full keli. No one got that one. One more time. If you, if you have, separate, if you're separating, it's not a full keli. It's two right. separate pieces. Exactly. Maybe you'll answer me and say, kama." This is what he meant to say. That since it's so easily put back, it's like it's reconnected already. Vatanya, that doesn't work. Why? Because we learned in the Brayta, misporachil prakim. If you have a scissors that comes apart, we saw this one before. You remember, this is the case that we had before. Remember the scissors that come apart. Scissors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 Or Ismail another type of thing. Chibur le Tuma. They're considered together when it comes to Tuma. The end Chibur le But they're not considered together regarding sprinkling. Okay. And before it says Malachshach, we said, Do you want to know what sprinkling and Tuma means? Okay, we had this before, but I'll repeat it again. Sprinkling means as follows. If you sprinkle on, on, a, on one side of it, then the other side still needs sprinkling. So you have these two, you have a two pieces of a scissor. If you sprinkle on one, you still need to sprinkle on the other. So for that, it's called two killing. But, but if it's tomeh, if one got tomeh, then the other one got the other one also gets tomeh. So it's like a contradiction. The Gemara is going to ask, Manavshak, make up your mind. If you say that together, Afibu Hazaa. It should be together even for sprinkling. You should only sprinkle on one of them. That's fine. And if it's not a chibur, even regarding tuma, it should not be considered tuma. And if you get one, the other one should still be tahor. Rabbi explained. From the Torah, that when, it's, when you're snipping with the scissors, it's considered together for both. And while you're not slipping, snipping with it, it's not, it's not connected for either one. The rabbis come and they say, if we leave it the same, we're afraid that people will see that they both got tamer when you're using it, and they'll extrapolate and say, oh, even when I'm not using it, it gets tamer. So we made a gezerah that they both swim tamer. But we didn't want to make a gezerah on hazah, because one, everyone told us only the rabbis. Okay? But either way, what do we see from this? From the brighter we see that it's called connected only when they're connected, right? And when they're not connected, it's not called connected. So you see the same thing should be by the bell, even though it's easy to connect. It shouldn't be connected when it's not connected, just like the scissors are not connected when they're, when they're not connected. Neither, no matter how easy it is to put the scissors back, so to the bell. Who cares how easy it is to put it back? It should not be connected. Is everyone with me? Mm-hmm. So Rava offers his own answer to the question. What does Rava say? Hold on. Yes. 
Oh, thank you. They're called clappers. Thank you very much, uh, Sam, for that. Okay, the, the, the thing is not, is not, I don't know what I called it, but it's called a clapper. Okay? Hold on, let me just give a, let's give this guy a clap for the clapper. Thank you. Okay. Ella Amarava, rather, Rava says the following. Okay? Turn to Dafnuntet, which is Elda. Since the reason why it's still Tameh, even without its clapper, is because it's fit to make noise on a piece of pottery, which means the whole point of the clapper inside is to make noise. So if, you, if you're holding the bell, you could just knock the bell on a piece of pottery, it'll also make noise. So since the bell is still usable without the clapper, and you can still make noise with it without a clapper. That's why it's still time here without the clapper. Are you good, Carl? Yep. Rev Yochanan, that's the answer of Rava. Rev Yochanan, according to Rev Yochanan, the reason why the bell is still good without the clapper is because you might want to use it to feed a baby, to give a drink to a baby. So if you're, yes, it's not good for clapping anymore. It's not good for bell making anymore or noise making but it is good if you happen to be walking past the stream and you have a baby who can't drink from a stream so you pick up some water in the bell without the clapper and you give it to the baby to drink since it's since it's a keli for that that's why it still gets tamer even without the clapper because it's still keli it could be used for drinking mm-hmm. good the Gemara is asking a question. Rabbi Yochanan said the reason why it's Tameh is because you could use it to give a drink to a baby. Now, a drink to the baby was not its original purpose. The function of the bell was noise making. Now that without the clapper, Rabbi Yochanan is saying it's still Tameh because it has a different function, which is the function of Baby feeding, okay? Asks the Gemara, you mean Rabbi Yochanan says things are still Tameh when they have different purposes? I thought Rabbi Yochanan requires them to be Tameh only when they continue with their original purpose. Because if you'll notice, Rav, Rava had said the reason why they're Tameh is because you can knock it against some clay. When you knock it against clay, that's the original purpose. The original purpose was noise making, and it's still noise making. But when you are using it to feed a baby, that's not noise making. That's a new purpose. And if that's a new purpose, it sounds like Rabbi Yochanan is strict. And he says that these things are tamer, even when they're doing different purposes. Right. Oh, well, that's a question. You see, that's not true. Rabbi Yochanan does not say that. Why? Because we learned. In the call, Keli Yeshev Alav Hazav. We're talking about a guy who's a Zav, and it says that anything that he sits on is Tameh. Okay? And the bright explains, Yachol if you took a, a container that holds a Sa'ah and you flipped it over and you sat on it. It should become tamer or kafatakrav, or you flipped over a container that holds half a sign, you sat on it. 
You might think it should be Tameh. Only something that's made for sitting. Except for a, we're excluding a container that's not meant for sitting. If you have a container, a Tupperware, that's meant to be putting stuff in, and you, the Zav flipped it over, and he sat in it, okay? That will not become Tameh Midras. From, why not? Because since, right, since it's not meant for sitting, and someone could come along and say, hey, get off that container. I need to put my Legos in it, right? Since someone could do that, that therefore, when the Zav sits on it, it's not Tameh, okay? Mm-hmm. Rabbi Eliezer, right? Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, v'midrasot omrim amod v'nasim lachtenu. When it comes to of a of a zav sitting on something, we say this rule that it doesn't become tamen. If, if, if someone else could claim it for its regular job. Okay? But we don't say that by, by tumat met. Okay? Even according to Yochan, even by Tumat Met, we'll still say the same thing. Get, let us do the regular item. Now, if he's saying it even by Tumat Met, he's telling you that it has to be the same Melacha, which means it, just like you see by the case of the of the tissue box, I think. I have a tissue box, right? It's meant for using by putting stuff in it. If I flip it over, let's say it's hard. I flip it over and I sit on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a zav. So everything I sit on becomes tameh. Will this become tameh? The rabbi say, no, it doesn't become tameh. You know why? Because the purpose is... The, the yeah. purpose is this way. And someone right. could come along and say, get off of that thing. I mean, let me use it like a tissue box and flip it over. Good? Mm-hmm. That's by midras, by zav. Rabbi Yochanan claims that the same thing works by tumat met. If you're using something in not the regular way, it will not become tameh that way. Oh, wait a second. So now let's go back to our bell. When we have our bell, when you flipped it over, Rabbi Yochanan said you could use it for a cup for a baby. Wait a second. A cup for a baby, it shouldn't become tameh because of that. Because someone could say, hey, stop using that cup. Let me put the clapper back in and let me make noise with it. That's not a baby feeder. You go back so to your original Yochanan use. agrees with the rule by the Zav, and he connects that to the Tumat Met, then he should not allow the bell to become Tameh on account of the fact that you could use it for a baby. You got, you didn't get that. You got it. I got it. I got it. No, I didn't. You did? One you more time? To? You, Carl, did you get it or not? Yes, I got you. 100% I got it. Okay, good. So the Gemara answers, Epuch Kamaita. Flip the first one. Flip it we said that Rav was the one who said you're Tameh because you could bang it against the clay and that Rabbi Yochanan was the one who said you're Tameh because you could use it for a baby? Switch that. Let's say that Rabbi Yochanan was the one who said that it's Tameh because you could use it the original way by banging clay. And Rav said it's Tameh because you could use it for the baby. Good? Switch the rabbis. Must be a mistake. The Gemara says, Umay chazi why did you choose to flip the first things? 
maybe flip the second things. Right? Why do you have to say flip the first one about the bells? Why don't you flip the statement about the tissue boxes and say that Rabbi was the other one? Okay? One second. Rabbi. Very good. How are you? Yes. Yes. Sorry, Rabbi Cole. Sorry. Okay. Let's continue. What do we say? So who told you to switch this one? And he switched the other one. Says well, You know why we picked that one to switch? Because we saw Rabbi Yochanan somewhere else where he also requires it to be according to the original thing. A horseshoe. It seems like they have, I don't know if you know what horseshoes are. Horseshoes are round things that they put on the feet of horses. Now, you know, the horses don't need them if the horses are going in the forest because for dirt roads, it's fine. When a horse will go on a paved street, it'll ruin its hooves in a day. In a day, it won't be able to walk anymore. So they put these shoes on it so it's able to walk. Now, in the olden days, they were, they were shaped like cups. So we have, if a guy has a horseshoe, now a horseshoe does not make a bell to ma, because like we said before, any t- thing that is a, a garment for an animal is not mekabel to ma at all. So the fact that it's a horseshoe doesn't make it mekabel to ma. But the fact that it could be used for something else might. Let's see the Gemara now. So let's think about that. Sandal shel behema shel A metal animal shoe. Tameh, it's tameh. The Gemara says, Lamai Chazi, what's it good for? Amarav, It's good to drink water if you're in the middle of a war. If you're in war and you need to drink quickly and you have one of these things, you can take a drink out of it. I guess it does not shape like our horseshoes. It's good to take some oil during a, during a war and use it to smear it over your rough skin. If the guy's running away from battle, you could put it on your feet, and you could run over the thorns or over broken glass or whatever, some other obstacle in the ground. I don't know what barkanim are exactly. If you have a, if you have a article, you can let me know what a barkan. Some other obstacle on the ground. Says the my ben rav What's the difference between Rav, who says you could drink from it, and Rav Hanina, who says you could put oil from it? The difference is if it gets ugly, which means like this. If this horseshoe, welcome, Albert. If this horseshoe gets dirty, okay? So now, if the horseshoe is dirty, and we, uh, so if it's for drinking, like Rav said, well, no one's going to drink out of a dirty horseshoe. But if it's, like Rabbi Yochanan said, which means it's for smear oil in yourself, people don't care as much if the oil is dirty or not, and therefore they will still use the dirty horseshoe for smearing. So again, according to one rabbi, a dirty one could become tameh, can't become tameh because no one would use it, according to Rabbi. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, 
Ruchanina, a dirty one is still Tameh because you'll still use it. Okay? That's according to the difference between those two rabbis. Uben Rabbi Yochanan Ruchanina, what's the difference between Rabbi Yochanan who says it's usable to walk over the thorns and Ruchanina who says it's good for the shaman? Difference is Diakir. If it's very heavy, if you have a very heavy one, right? So then it's not good for not good for walking over thorns because it's too heavy to walk with. But it's still good for pouring oil, and therefore that's a different thing to do. But what do you see? You see that Yochanan over here, he said it's only considered tameh if it's used for the original thing, right? What's a horseshoe used for? Walking. And what is a Yochanan required to be used for? Walking over thorns. He doesn't let it use for drinking. So that's why we chose to flip the first one, not the second one. Because we want to make both, all three as sticking to the same rule. The rule is, in order for something to, to stay tamer, even though it's broken, it has to be usable for its original purpose. Or something like the original purpose. And all three in a row fit good. According to this, Yochan was saying, the original one we're talking about the has to use to make it. The second case we're talking about, which was the the case of the the tamemet, he said the same thing. You have to be able to. He said it's not tameh when you can't when you can't sit on it. And also in the case we just said now of the horseshoe, he said it's tameh because you could use it for walking. Okay. Awesome. Let's go Got to the Gemara. Now we're starting a new piece. The law, the ear shows the heart. This is, happens to be a very, very interesting story that goes with this Gemara. The Gemara, the story goes as follows. The law, the ear shows the heart. We said in the Mishnah, a woman is not allowed to walk around with a city of gold. My be ear shows the What's a city of gold? I'm a rabbi, Barakana, I'm a Yochanan, Yushalayim, Dava. It's a skyline of Yerushalayim made out of pure gold. Turn the page. Like Rabbi Akiva made for his wife. This is a famous story. The Rashi points you to a Gemara and Nidalim. The Gemara and Nidalim says an interesting story. Rabbi Akiva was 40 years old and he never learned Gemara. Just to let you know that everyone can learn Gemara. Rabbi Akiva was 40 years old. He never didn't know Alephet. And his wife, who was a Big Sadeket married him on condition that he wants to be able to come at Tamir Haham. She saw how smart he was, and she knew that if he would work Haham, it could be great, even at the age of 40. Now, she was the wealthiest lady in the world, and she could have married anyone she wanted, and she married him. Her father was so upset at her, he told her, If you marry him, I will give you no, none of my money, and you'll be a pauper. She said, I don't care. She married him, and she was poor. He, he kept his word, and she was living in a hut and lying on straw. When her father was the wealthiest guy in the world, they said that you came into his house hungry as a dog. You walked out so full you couldn't walk. That's how wealthy he was, one of the wealthiest men in the world, and yet she's living on straw. So every morning, she'd wake up, and her hair was full of pieces of straw. And Rabbi Akiva would pull out the straw out of his wife's hair, and he would tell her, one day, when I'm a big rabbi and very wealthy, I'll make sure that instead of having straw in your hair, you're going to have an ear shel zahav, which is a golden, 
a big golden tiara, and it looks like Yerushalayim. Okay? So there's a famous story afterwards. Yerushalmi says a story that Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel was the Nasi. Every Nasi is loaded because when you're the Nasi, it's like being the king, you're automatically loaded. So Rabban Gamliel's wife saw Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva's wife's Yerushal uh, Zahav, and she asked him, she, could she also have one? Sounds like our days, no? Okay. <laughs> and and Rabban Gamliel told her, he says, no. She says, Rabbi Akiva's wife, she made him who he was. Without him, without her, he, she, he'd be nothing. He says, that's different. She suffered all that from her husband to be a thing. She deserves it. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know how well that went over in the Rabbi Gamliel hassle. But, but the bottom line was, bottom line was, Rabbi Akiva is the famous rabbi who bought his wife the Yerushalayim. And our Gemara sounds like he actually bought it. The other Gemara just tells you the story about the promise. Our Gemara makes it sound like he actually bought it for her and she wore it. Okay. Behind every great man is a greater woman. That is definitely true. But in Rabbi Akiva's case, he, he would never have gotten to first base without her. You know, we, every Mishnah is Rabbi Akiva and all and what, she, what she sacrificed to, to to marry him was off the charts, and what she did with him and how he became, the story is unbelievable, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like a fantasy, it's like a fantasy story. And therefore, it's funny to see that the Mishnah, the Gemara quotes that story as the famous, oh, what's the issues I have? Oh, and they came out what he bought for his wife. Okay. Tanur Rabbanan. The brighter says a woman is, according to the first opinion, a woman is not allowed to go out in an ear shows a half on Shabbat. Rabbiir says if she goes out, she's chayav chatat. Chachamim agree she can't go out, but they say that if she goes out, she's patur. Which means she doesn't. And Rebbe says she can go out straight. Now, this is three different things. Three different Tanaim saying completely different things. One rabbi saying, if you walk out with it, bring a korban khatat. Second rabbi saying, right. no khatat. Third rabbi saying, go ahead, walk out with it. Now, remember what we said in the beginning. If we say chayav khatat, we're saying that the item is a burden. It's not jewelry, it's a burden. If we're saying it's patur avalasur, then we're saying it's jewelry. Okay? Because jewelry, the rabbis made the gazilla, we're afraid they'll take it off and show it to somebody. But it's not really asur, it's asur midirabanan, that's why you can't bring a khatat. Got it? Mm-hmm. That's if we're saying it's a jewelry item. And if we're saying it's clothing, or we're saying it's a jewelry, but you're not going to take it off, that'll be mutar. So let's go through each one now. What are they arguing on? Right now we are, first one lines, six lines down. On noon 10, I'm bet. What are they arguing about? Remir Savar, holds Masuihui. It is a burden, which means since it's so heavy, this golden city is so heavy that it's regular people he holds, people don't wear it too much. They just want to show off their riches. But they're not really wearing it, and therefore it's a burden. If you're wearing it, it's weird, and therefore it's a burden, and therefore you have chadat. 
That's <laughs> Vamir. Rabbanan Sabri, the rabbis hold no. Takshitu, it's a piece of jewelry. And this is a piece of jewelry. It's not a Sudeoraita. This is Rabbanan. But of course, you might take it off and show it to somebody. Dilma Shalfa, maybe you'll take it off. Umachmila, and you'll show it to somebody. And then if you show it to somebody, once you're showing, you might walk with it for a month and you do an Avirat, right? And that's why the rabbis made a Gizira. Which type of ladies wear Yershel Zahav? The Yershel Zahav is so valuable that the only ladies who wear it is Isha Hashuba, is a very, very respected lady. And a respected lady will not take off her jewelry and show it. Now, According to this, we're saying that since Yershel Zahav is a very, very special piece, right? And only wealthy ladies have it. The very fact that it's only wealthy ladies have it, it's not the way of a wealthy lady to take off her jewelry and show it to somebody. So it becomes like clothing. So therefore it becomes, therefore, no, therefore it's still takshit, but it's, it's still takshit, but the rabbis all didn't make a gizera against this type of, this type of lady who will never show. The whole point of the Gezira is that you were afraid they'll take off the thing and show it to your friend and then walk with it. But someone who will never take it off is not a problem. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember, but if I'm not mistaken, one of the heterim for ladies to wear jewelry nowadays was this Isha Hashuvah. I have to look it up. But if I'm not mistaken, I haven't seen it in a little while. But if I'm not mistaken, they want to claim some rabbis... Modern rabbis want to claim that the reason why ladies haven't been hired to wear jewelry nowadays, even though our Gemara seems like in our ladder, is because all ladies nowadays are Isha Hashuvah that don't think of the jewelry to show other people. That's, since, that's true. And therefore, since no one takes off the jewelry, therefore they want to be lenient and say you're allowed to get away with getting this issue into Rabbanan. However, not so clear. Again, we're not in Halakha class. But I just want to point out to you when we pass it that this is an interesting idea of Isha Hashuvah by the Irsha Zahav. And since only Hashuvah ladies, there is no Gezera of, of not wearing jewelry on Isha Hashuvahs. Good. Very, very interesting, Mr. Mark. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Kalila. Okay. Now, Kalila, we said, was a piece of uh, Tachshit was a piece of jewelry that goes from ear to ear, like a headband type of thing, okay? So what's the law? Rav Asar v'Shmuel Shalem. Rav said it's Asur, and Shmuel said it's okay. Dancina, if it's made out of, according to this, if it's made out of gold and silver, this item, and everyone says it's Asur because you might show it to your friends. When do they argue when it's made out of silk? If it's made out of silk and it's not so nice, that's when the argument is. One says that even though it's made out of silk, there's still some gold on it. And since the gold is the main part, you might take it off. Other rabbi says, no. The actual um, fabric is the main thing, and therefore you're not going to show it off. 
So the machlok between Rav and Shmuel, whether you could go with this thing, is not on the gold one. According to the first lesson that we're saying now, the machlok is not about the gold one. The gold one is Trasur. And the fabric one, one rabbi says, well, it, it, since the main thing is fabric, it's okay. And the other rabbi says, yeah, but since there's gold on it, you might show it also. It's also. That's one way to look at this machlok. We're going to now see Rav Ashi Mashinukula. That's what Rav Ashi learns the same statement the other way. He says, do rikna if it's made out of fabric. Then everyone holds its mutar of its fabric. Why? Because you're never going to show it off. So what is a little gold? You're not going to show it off. Keep pleading. When did they argue? Danisiba. They argue if it's gold. One says, as soon as you might show it to somebody. Or more other rabbi says, no. Which type of lady goes out with a klila? It's only a chashuva lady. Right? And chashuvi ladies don't show off the jewelry. They meet their friends. They don't take it off. They leave it on. I'm only a shul by Barachan and Rabbi Yosef. Yosef. We heard from you straight out in Rav's name that you're allowed to go out with the Klila on Shabbat. Now, beforehand we said that Rav said it was Asur. So it must be that Rav only said it's Asur in the gold one and not in the regular one. And therefore, we figured out which one was right. Now listen to this interesting story. And with this, we're going to end. Amru Leila Rav, they told Rav, Atigavar Rabba Aricha, a big rabbi who's very tall, came to Nahardai, came to Nahardai, Umatla, and he was limping. Vidarash, and he got up, this big rabbi, the big, tall, limping rabbi from Israel, who came to Nahardai, came, and he said the following dirasha. He said, Kalila Shadeh. A klila, which is what we're just talking about, this type of jewelry, is allowed. Amar, so Rav said to himself, Man itla, who is the big tall rabbi who's limping? Levi, it must be Levi. Now, the fact that Levi came was odd. Now, understand the following about the, what, what's happening in Israel. There's two places where the rabbis are, Babel and Israel. Rav and Shmuel, in that generation, which is the first generation of Amorayim, the big, big rabbis, the head, head rabbis of Babel were Rav and Shmuel. The head rabbis of Israel were usually Rabbi Yochanan and Levi. Now, this is talking about a little before Levi was one of the big, big rabbis. Yochanan was the biggest rabbi. Levi wasn't the biggest rabbi yet. But there was a famous story that when Rebbe died, Rebbe was Yudana Si. So, um, Reb Hanina Bar Chama was supposed to be in charge. But Reb Hanina didn't take over. Okay? Because he felt bad for Reb Avas. Because he was bigger than him. So Reb Avas was supposed to be number one. And because Reb Hanina was very chashuv, he didn't want to go into the, to the Beit Midrash. So, Rebbe died. They were supposed to put. They were supposed to put up. Irving. How are you, Irving? I forgot. I forgot to tell you we're eight ten. Sorry, Irving. 
Okay. Oh, oh, you came for the second one? We have the second one now. Okay, we're going to have a second class coming up now. So, they were supposed to put this rabbi in, Rebchanina. Instead, they put in, no, they put in Rav Afas. And since Rebchanina was more chashu, he didn't go in. So in order not to sit alone, Rev Levi used to sit with Rev Hanina outside the Beit Midrash and learn Chavusa with Rev Hanina, who didn't go into the Beit Midrash because he let Rev Afis take over. He didn't want to be there with Rev Afis. Okay? So therefore, Shema Mina, Nach Nasheh Rev Afis, Biyat Rev Hanina Beresha. It must be that Rev Afis died, and therefore Hanina became the, the new uh, rabbi. And that's why Levi came to see us. That's why he came. So anyway, the point we came with the story, and Levi said that it was allowed. Okay, well, you know what? Let's see this tomorrow, inshallah. Okay? Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're ending your prayer over here. Okay, we're stopping the recording. One second. Yes, I'm stopping.